This week on Inside Motorsport, we look back at the Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix with Bridgestone Motorsports' Andy Sobar. I hope you'll stay with us. Andy Sobar joins us on the line from Bridgestone Motorsport after the first round of the Formula One World Championship. And it is certainly a few surprises for many. One thing that wasn't so controversial was the Bridgestone tyres compared to uh, aerodynamics, rear wings and diffusers. Um, it was a fairly smooth transition to the slick tyre, Andy. Yeah, I mean, you say not so controversial, but if you listen to some of the driver comments, I mean, we were told the uh, soft tyre was too soft, the harder tyre was too hard, and, um, you know, they hit the nail on the head. That was exactly what we designed for the tyres, to make the whole situation more difficult. The guys had to think about what they were doing. It wasn't as easy as it had become over the last two years. There was more of a challenge from a tyre perspective and we saw in the latter stage of the race, um, I, I think Nico Rosberg was the best example. He uh, changed for the super soft tyre, the softer of the two tyres we had there on, uh, I think it was lap 44. By lap 48, he set the fastest lap of the race. But um, he toasted those tyres too quickly. He'd used them up and uh, he was gobbled up by the opposition coming down to the chequered flag. Well, one man who uh, certainly stayed reasonably clean was Jensen Button. And uh, we spoke last week on the show about is it Bridgestones or is it Ross Braun? What part of the bees was going to be successful? And it, it looked like both were extremely successful last weekend. Yeah, I mean, what a fairy tale result for uh, Braun GP. They've only done a couple of weeks of testing. Uh, they turned up in Melbourne. You know, I think the only... Uh, the only name on the car other than Braun was Bridgestone. It, it was quite some sight. And then, of course, uh, Richard Branson turned up, uh, put some money into the team, and, uh, you know, uh, all, all he touches turned to gold. Sure enough, Jensen Button wins the race. Rubens Barrichello with a wing hanging off the front of his car. He, um, you know, he, he goes through the field. He comes second. Richard Branson, the third B, perhaps, in the combination of Bridgestone and Braun, is uh, once again the master of publicity where when they go to bank the cheque, we find it's only for two races. Yeah, two races, but I mean, he's going to get a good two races. They go straight from Australia uh, to Malaysia, Sepang. None of the teams have had uh, any chance to work on their car, so I, I think you can... Uh, bank on the Braun being right up there again and then there's only a week before they go to China uh, and then Bahrain so I think Richard Branson's going to see a good result from his investment uh, in Malaysia and uh, he may well be convinced that well you know look at the exposure I'm getting look at the pictures of uh, Jensen Bretton and the Braun and the Virgin brand for them um, you know on all the newspapers in Australia it, it's really been quite something. It has been indeed. Now, we mentioned about the new Bridgestone tyres being exactly what you at Bridgestone wanted. When we look at what the teams want, they want more downforce, more grip, and that has really ignited a, a technical war once again, talking about rear diffusers and uh, moving rear wings. Of course, uh, the moving rear wings got banned some time ago. Do you think that uh, we're going to see a few more uh, twists and turns in the development of the cars as they try to get back what they have lost. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the rules are always a challenge to the teams, and as we've seen particularly, it's been a very good example this year of how the teams have uh, interpreted it differently. Three teams have come up with rear diffusers, which are very handy, and uh, I think a good uh, 
I, I can't remember exactly who said it, but one of the guys at the teams who's under question at the moment said, well, the overtaking working group, they wanted to make overtaking easier and the backwash from the car by having a big wing is gone. It's got a smaller wing. Our diffuser does make overtaking easier. It, all the drag behind it is great. Uh, and the fact that it makes uh, their car, you know, uh, half a second faster than anyone else's does make overtaking easier because you can go past people. Um, it's, it's a fascinating technical battle it's going to be. And I think one of the very interesting things we saw at Albert Park was the difference between the curve-equipped cars and the non-curve-equipped cars. We, we saw some great dicing between Timo Glock uh, in the Toyota trying to get past Fernando Alonso. And he couldn't when Fernando had that boost button using it. Uh, and finally, when he did get past it, he was off into the distance. And uh, Lewis Hamilton, another example, he was using the curve to perfection to work his way up through the field. So many, many interesting technical developments through the year, I think. Yes, it is going to be uh, fascinating. Just before we talk about your next challenge, which is Malaysia, I would like to ask you about the Red Bulls and Sebastian Bourdais, because the Red Bulls, from, many, uh, from memory, don't have the push-to-pass button, if you want to call it that, and they don't have a rear diffuser. So that car looks to be just fast. Yeah, the Red Bull, I mean, uh, Vettel was set for a second place, and, uh, yeah, it, it just all went uh, all went a bit wrong. He defended that position from uh, Robert Kubica at the end. Uh, we heard him in the radio saying, what an idiot I've been. But it, equally, I, I think Sebastian was a bit harsh on himself there. Uh, Robert was also, he knew he was... Uh, quite a bit quicker he could have waited and been a bit more circumspect than uh, trying to get him in a corner like that when any driver any racing driver is going to defend uh, but yeah the red bull it doesn't have a diffuser uh, the rear end is completely different so it's very difficult for them to i think they have to re-engineer their gearbox their suspension and so on to allow them to have that diffuser it hasn't got the curve but it certainly has the pace so uh, I, I expect them to be right up there in malaysia mm. now talking about feeling like an idiot what do you think mr honda's saying now that all that research and development money that honda had put into formula one hasn't actually got them the race win they were so much coveting um i mean they've had a race win of course with uh, jensen button a few years ago but yeah it, it must be very very difficult we know how tough the uh, economic times are so the decision to stop spending was a kind of a long-term decision it wasn't seen in the, in the short term of uh, right uh, save some money now it's you know this is a bit longer uh, we're not selling the cars the label car sales are down we've got to look at the areas where they do it but it can't have been easy um, you know at Honda HQ watching uh, what was their car um, go to such you know be so dominant and, and take such an easy race win uh, at Albert Park it's um, these decisions unfortunately have to be made and um, you know in the long term they'll save a lot of money from that um, but yeah seeing the win must have been difficult now, Andy, when everyone's complaining, normally the politicians say you've got it exactly right. We talked about those Bridgestone tyres at Australia. What are they going to be like when you head to Malaysia? Because certainly a different temperature configuration and then on a track that is designed for motor racing 365 days a year. Yeah, uh, Sepang's an interesting circuit. It, it, it's quite a severe circuit on tyres. We're bringing the hard and the soft compound slick uh, to Sepang, uh, and that's a, of course a change for this year. We do no longer um, what we'd previously bring, which would be in a hard 
and the medium. So the two consecutive compounds were doing that with a bigger gap between them. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. The time of the race is also going to be interesting uh, later in the day and around about the time when in Malaysia you usually, you usually get a big rain shower. So we could see the uh, intermediate and wet tyres out too. It's going to be an interesting one. I mean, the soft tyre is a is a softer tyre than we've used um, previously in Malaysia. So once again, drivers are going to have to really be careful and watch their tyre management. And Andy, for people who really want to uh, learn more about these tyres, uh, you're up on YouTube with a, a great little uh, a great little special on the changes to the to the Formula One tyres this season. Yeah, yeah. If you do a uh, do a search, a Google search, or I'm sure you've got a link somewhere that uh, shows me. You can see me in the flesh, um, uh, pointing out different tyres um, uh, and showing. You can see inside our headquarters, our European headquarters for Bridgestone Motorsport, uh, where we've got thousands of uh, the slick tyres for Formula One uh, waiting to be taken to the races. And just a little insight, just a little. Uh, talk through what we can expect in 2009. Well, Andy, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. When you're in Australia, we wish you all the best for Malaysia and beyond. Thank you, Craig. To find out more about the Bridgestone Tyres and that interview we talked about with Andy Sobart, the location on the internet is news.bbc.co.uk forward slash newsbeat forward slash high hi forward slash technology. And you can see Andy and find out more about the Formula One tyres. Look forward to catching you next week. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.